Welcome to each one of you who have joined us today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and for this time that we can worship together online. Lord, we pray that you would continue to bless this service and that, Lord, you would open up our hearts and our minds to hear your word. And so, Father, we just turn ourselves to you and ask for you to speak and for your spirit to move and help us, Lord, to change and to be transformed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, in a previous message, I shared with you some areas that we can use to renovate our lives. Now, I likened it to how we renovate our homes and we do regular repairs and maintenance. And it's important for us to be able to do that in order to keep up with our homes aging and different things that need to be done. And in the same way, our lives need that maintenance. It needs that regularly maintained um, things that we need to do and we need to renovate from time to time. And especially when it comes to our spiritual lives, there are sometimes changes, repairs, additions that we need to do in order for us to grow in our relationship with the Lord. So if you haven't listened to part one of this message, I encourage you to do so at another time. But in part one, we talked about in order to renovate our lives, we need to sort through and declutter our space, which means we need to prioritize things in our life and put God first. We also talked about how when I mentioned counting our electrical switch plates, we need to count our blessings not our problems. Number three, when we talk about putting on a new coat of paint, we can give ourselves a fresh start and move on from the past. Amen. Number four, I talked about stretching out our measuring tape and measuring up and aim to measure up to God's standards. And finally, number five, we talked about changing our locks. And that means don't give access anymore to sins, old habits, or people who cause us to stumble. And so, as you know, there is a lot that is involved when we renovate something. Renovation is a process and it takes time. It doesn't always finish immediately. So, of course, that means today we'll be looking at Part two in the message, it's time to renovate. And we'll continue to look at different ways that we can renovate. Well, a major area of renovation that isn't always fun to do, but looks great when it's done, is laying new flooring. That's right. When your floor is old, damaged, aged, broken, mixed match, and worn out, by laying down new flooring, it can almost feel like you're laying a whole new foundation for yourself. It can almost feel like you're changing all the, the, the look of the room. And so laying down new flooring can definitely be an addition when you're renovating, right? It can definitely be something that is helpful for you to be able to do. Well, in our lives, that can mean for us, number one, build a solid foundation on Christ and his word. Build a solid foundation in laying down new flooring. It's like laying down a whole new 
foundation for us. And so I encourage you to build a solid foundation on Christ and his word. As you renovate your lives, and especially as you look at the spiritual aspect of your life, ask yourself, do I have a solid foundation in Christ? Do I have a solid foundation when it comes to his word? You see, we cannot have a solid foundation in Christ if we aren't built upon him. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You see, having a solid foundation in Christ is essential for us as Christians. It's essential for us to be able to grow and to to develop and to be changed and transformed. Having a solid foundation happens over time. So you may ask yourself, how can I have this solid foundation in Christ that you're talking about? How can I make sure that I am grounded in Christ? Well, here are some practical ways that you can make sure that you have a solid foundation. It can be surround yourself with a Christian community or church family like this one here at Rosewood. It can be having a mentor or ability partner, accountability partner, who will help you to grow and to challenge you to maybe change some things that need to happen in your life. Maybe it's making an effort for you to have a regular prayer life or to read God's word on a daily basis. Maybe having that solid foundation can also mean not just reading God's word, but studying it and memorizing it. It can also be joining a small group or Bible study where you can ask questions and be able to grow spiritually that way and discuss the Bible. Having a solid foundation also means knowing what you believe and why. It is so important for us to be able to be grounded in God's teaching, to know his word, and to know why we believe what it says, so that when those difficult, challenging times come, when those storms in our life come, when others may question our faith and cause us to start to question, having that solid, rooted foundation in Christ will cause us not to stumble, not to fall, not to be easily swayed and moved, but will help us to stand. Building our life upon God is what he wants, for he is truly the solid foundation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, it says, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, and that is Jesus Christ. He is already that solid foundation, and we just need to build upon him and to continue to grow. The hymn writer puts it beautifully when he writes, My hope is built on nothing less 
than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. May you truly make God your solid foundation, and may you continue to ask him to help you as you build your foundation on him and his word. I don't know if you've ever had to do flooring in your home, but I remember years ago when we renovated my parents' house and we changed the flooring. It was a very messy process. And not only did, you know, when it was over, there was garbage that was accumulated and things that we needed to throw out, but there was so much dust. There was so much debris, so much dust that it needed to be clean. But here's the thing. It didn't just take one cleaning, but we had to clean over and over again because the dust just kept coming. I don't know where it was, but it just kept coming just in, in places that, you know, you wouldn't expect it to be. And so it just needed a full deep cleaning, but definitely more than once. It was something that we needed to do. And so I think it's only fitting that after we lay down our new floor right now, our solid foundation, in Christ, that it's time that we clean up, right? Because building that solid foundation causes things to get dirty. And so it definitely is time after we do that for us to clean up. Now this is my little cleaning caddy here that uh, I walk around the house with, with all my cleaning supplies. And you know, you have uh, your, your different cleaning solutions and all of that, and it's all in one place here. And it's important to have that in order to clean up and get things nice and tidy and get rid of all that dust and debris and dirt that accumulates over time. As we clean up our lives, that can mean for us to ask the Lord to help cleanse your heart and life of anything that doesn't please him. Ask the Lord to help cleanse you of the things that may be in your life that doesn't please him, that shouldn't be there, that doesn't belong. You see, with renovation brings a lot of dust and dirt and garbage, and it's necessary to clean up regularly. It's necessary to keep your place clean and tidy. And you know over time, you may find that you have accumulated a lot of clutter. You may have accumulated a lot of stuff, right? Over time, we can do that. Now, before COVID, if maybe you were having someone come over, drop by last minute, and you weren't expecting them. If you're like me, you like things to be neat and tidy, right? And so you may do something like a mad dash through the house and just take whatever clutter may be there and shove it in a closet or drawer or another room or, you know, somewhere where it's not seen. You know what I'm saying, right? All right. So, you know, we shove it in there so that others can't see it, so that on the outside, on the surface, things look clean and tidy. Now, the problem is that when we leave that clutter and that dirt and that garbage behind closed doors and we don't deal with it, because on the outside, things look good, 
right? People wouldn't be able to see that. But it's on the inside, it's behind those closed doors, it's in those drawers that no one goes into that we see the dirt and the garbage and the accumulation of things. We can tend to deal with the things in our life that others see, the outward things. But what about our heart? What about the things that we accumulate in our heart over time that we have just shoved behind closed doors and we haven't yet dealt with? Those are the things that we need to clean up and to get rid of and to ask God to help to remove the things that are in our heart that don't please him. You see, over time, we can accumulate things in our heart like secrets and lies, lust and covetousness, pride and arrogance, hatred and envy. We can accumulate malice and anger and other things that don't belong, that shouldn't be there. We need to ask the Lord to help cleanse us of everything that does not belong, because even though others may not be able to see it. The Lord sees it. He sees our hearts. And did you know that everything that we have inside of us, in our hearts, influences every other part of our life, whether we realize it or not? Mark chapter 7, verses 20 to 23 says, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. From within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. That's why it's important for us to keep our hearts clean, because it's what comes from inside of us that defiles us, that causes us to sin and cause us to stumble. Our prayer should be like the psalmist when he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. That should be the prayer of our heart, that we would ask God regularly, Lord, help to create in me a clean heart. Help to create in me a heart that is pure, a heart that follows after you, a heart that is pleasing to you. That should be our prayer. God wants to help keep us clean. He wants to help keep us clean. And maybe for you today, that means that you need to say that prayer. God created me a clean heart. Help to remove the things that don't please you. Help me to get cleaning and to get rid of all of those things. Well, another area of not so much renovation, but maybe the post-renovation part now, I think we're moving on to. After you've done renovating, right, there, there's a lot of other stuff you need to do, like decorating. I love decorating, right? Can I get an amen? <laughs> you love decorating too. Well, when it comes to decorating and renovating, maybe that can mean bringing in new accessories. Bringing in new accessories. All right, Cindy's giving me an amen. Bringing in new accessories. And maybe 
that also means trying out some new styles or colors or things that you never thought you would, shapes or things that you're not used to or it, you wouldn't necessarily go to, but maybe this is the time to try out some new things. And in bringing in those new accessories, that can mean for our lives, that can mean begin good new habits and disciplines in your life. Begin good new habits and disciplines in your life. We need to form good habits. It's so important in disciplines, and especially when it comes to our spiritual lives. You see, it's important for us to have good habits in order to make changes and improve in every area of our life. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. There are some areas of our life, if we're honest, that we could all improve and to become more self-controlled in right? We could all improve and, and to become more self-controlled in because there are some areas that we're slacking or we may be lacking in. And so there's always regularly improvements that can be made. So what are some areas, practical areas in your life that maybe you need to start forming good new habits in? Maybe you need to be more disciplined in. Well, some of those areas can be saving money, making sure that you're not just spending, but you're also putting away and saving. It can be studying and lifelong learning, making sure that you're diligent in your studies, making sure that you continue to grow and to study and to learn new things on a daily basis. Maybe being um, disciplined can be reducing waste or eating healthier. It can be reading more and watching TV less. It can be exercising or paying off debt and credit card bills on time. Maybe for you, forming a, a good new habit and being disciplined can mean simply packing your lunch and making sure that you aren't always eating out or making your bed in the morning, booking regular health checkups or tracking your spending and sticking to a budget. You see, there are so many ways that we can form good new habits and disciplines in our life. And of course, we're not going to be able to do every single thing and to be perfect in all areas. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to pick a few of the, maybe the things I've said or things that you've been wanting to do for a long time and have just kept putting off. And I want to challenge you to stick to it. And by sticking to it and doing it, you begin to form good new habits. You begin to be disciplined in those areas of life that will help you to grow and to develop over time. So pick a few and make them a regular part of your life. Well, as we move on to, I guess, the post-renovation part now, after we've done the, the dirty work, now we get to the, as I said, the decorating part. Have you ever been in a room where it was just really dark? Like, just really dark, and I mean in the middle of the day kind of thing, 
Well, that can probably be because of the heavy curtains that may be on the windows that are blocking the light and that are, are there. And while those heavy, dark, blackout curtains may be good if you want to take a nap in the middle of the day, it's not so good if you want the light to shine in and you want to have the sunshine and the brightness in your home. And so maybe for us, part of renovating our life can mean pulling the curtains to allow the light to shine in. And that can mean for our lives, let God in your heart and allow his light to shine through you. Let God in your life and allow his light to shine through you. Now, sorry, I don't have a, a curtain for you today. It was a lot of work to take that down to show you for five seconds, but I'm sure you know what a curtain looks like. As Christians, you see, we no longer need to be in the dark. We no longer need to walk in darkness because we have the light around us and also in us. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 8 and 9 says this, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light is within you. It produces only what is good and right and true. You see, once we were lost in darkness, once we didn't know the Lord and we walked in the darkness, but as believers, as people who know the Lord, as people who have been saved and changed and transformed, not only do we walk in light because the light of God is around us, but we have that light within us that God not only wants to see, but he wants us to show others as well. He wants us to reflect his light. In this passage, it can represent darkness as being evil and, and symbolizes the wrongdoing that we once did. But knowing God, we walk in light, and he wants us to show that light to others as well around us. So let me ask you, if God is in you, are you shining his light? Are others around you looking at you, seeing God's light being reflected? Or are you still walking in darkness and you need that light to come in and to shine in and through you? By shining our light, that can mean a simply allowing God in your life and letting him be seen by others around you. So how can we shine our light? Well, we shine our light in different ways, in how we speak, in how we live our lives, in how we treat others. We shine our light in how we speak about others, in what we do when no one's watching. You see, our light is always on and should always be on. But the question is, are we always reflecting God's light day and night in every season of our lives, in the good times and in the bad times? Are we shining his light? Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 16 says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, we live in a very dark world. We live in a very dark world. And so I encourage you, don't hide the light of God in you. Instead, shine bright for others to see that light in you and to glorify God because of it. As we continue on, one of the tedious tasks that can happen, and especially if you've moved and you've changed your address, in moving comes the task of having to change your address, right? With credit card companies, health card, driver's license, you know, bills, work, all of the different places that you need to change your address. And while, you know, it can happen over time, you want all of your mail to come to the same place. Right? You don't want some coming to your new address, some going to the old one, some over here, some over there. You want all of it to be coming to you on time, all the time. And so, especially if you've moved, you've had to do this. Well, after I got married and moved, I had that task of having to change my address, and especially because of COVID, most of that had to be done either online or over the phone. And of course, that means having to find the right forms online, if you can even find them, How, getting to talk to the right people, right? And having to wait for, you know, hours on the phone, that means sometimes to even get through to, to get to an automated voice message and having to choose all the, the buttons and just saying, I just want to speak to a human, right? <laughs> so it can be a little frustrating. But changing our address is so important. And so I brought with me this letter with my new address on it. And it's also my visa bill, which I brought because I'm scared to open it. <laughs> but changing your address is so important. And for us, that can mean to ensure that you change your eternal destination to heaven. Ensure that you change your eternal destination to heaven. You see, we can work so hard at so many things in this life, but if we don't change our eternal destination to heaven and to make sure that that is our ultimate destination, then everything has been in vain. It is so important that we make sure. Most people wonder if there's anything beyond this life. If there's anything after here and now and what we may see and experience in this life. And that's probably because we were made for more. It's probably because God originally created us to live forever. We were created for more than this world has to offer us. And through the Bible, God gives us glimpses of heaven. He gives us glimpses of what there is to come and the heaven that is waiting for us and that what we have to look forward to. He assures each one of us that there is a place in heaven for you. Isn't that great news? That heaven is not just a place for some. It's not just a place for this group or that group or those people or that culture. It is a place that is open for everyone and there is a place in heaven for you. And all we need to do is to call upon the name of the Lord, to be saved, and to know that he offers us salvation if we're willing to accept it. 
how good it is to know that there is a place in heaven waiting for you. In the Bible, in John chapter 14, verses 2 and 3, it says, There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you, so that you will always be with me where I am. Jesus assures us that there is a place that he is preparing in heaven for you and that you will be able to experience eternal life with him forever. As believers, not only do we have a place in heaven, but we become citizens of heaven. We become citizens of heaven in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we eagerly await, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. My friends, too many times people leave this life without changing their address. People leave this life every single day without being sure that their eternal destination is heaven and knowing for certain that they are bound. And so I encourage you and I urge you that if you have not yet changed your address, if you have not yet made certain that your eternal destination is heaven, then here's the good news. John chapter 1 verse 12 says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. And you see, if we are children of God, we can be sure that our Father is not going to leave us behind. We can be sure that our Heavenly Father will have a place ready and waiting for us when we get to heaven. There will be an eternal place for you in his home, heaven. You see, it is so important that we make that decision now because we don't have second chances after this life is over. And so I encourage you, change your address. Make certain, be sure that you are bound for heaven one day. Whenever that time may come, whether soon or far, we don't know, but we know that we can be ready and that we can know for certain that we will be with the Lord. There are so many things that we can do to renovate our lives. And what I've shared with you in this message and the previous one are only some of those areas. But I want to encourage you to lay new flooring, to build a solid foundation on Christ and his word, to keep it clean and ask the Lord to help cleanse your heart and life of anything that doesn't please him, to bring in new accessories, meaning begin good new habits and disciplines in your life, to pull the curtains and allow the light to shine in, to let God in your heart and allow his light to shine through you, and finally, to make sure you change your address to ensure that you are ready for your eternal destination in heaven. We can build our life on Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word and for the truth that is contained upon it. And Father, we pray that you would help us to continually renovate and make changes and improve and do maintenance and repairs on the areas of our life, especially spiritually, 
that we may need to improve on. And so God, through your Holy Spirit, may you reveal to us those areas. May you empower us not only to know those areas, but to make changes, to bring about those changes, oh God, and to help us. We understand, Lord, that there are so many things that we cannot do on our own, but we thank you that you are ready, that you are willing, and that you are able to help us. And so, Father, we look to you, and we ask that you would help to build our life and that you truly would be that solid foundation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.